Soul felt its worth. 
Father, we come just as we are, and Lord, we join in declaring that you are worthy of it all. And Lord, with the fruit of our lips, we give thanks. And Lord, as we turn to your word today, we trust that your people will receive a word in season that will minister life and encouragement, Father, to every heart. Jesus, we thank you that you are the reason for the season, the greatest gift ever known to humanity. At the very center of the greatest love story ever told. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for everything that your birth represents. Because on the cross, you were lifted up. But in Bethlehem, you came down. And so we thank you for coming down from heaven to earth to show us the way. We bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Well, good morning, Converge Church. Good morning, Converge Nation. And Merry Christmas to you and yours. We're so glad that you chose to open your home, to open your hearts to us on this blessed Christmas morning. We're sure by now you've already opened gifts. It is 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. And wherever you're watching from, we pray that by now you've had an opportunity to connect with family, with friends and loved ones uh, as you celebrate Christmas together around God's word, around a meal, around family and fellowship. Yes. Why don't you greet the people, Pastor Wendy, as we prepare to dive into God's word together? Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. We are so glad to be with you via the internet because all of you know by now that we are not meeting in person and we wanted you to just start the morning off, relax. We hope you still have on your pajamas and that you're <laughs> dressed warm with a cup of coffee or hot cocoa or chocolate milk or juice or whatever suits your fancy this Christmas morning. But Merry Christmas and we are glad to be with you. Amen. Well, listen, we're just going to share a few thoughts with you this morning that we pray will encourage you uh, this, uh, this season. Uh, in fact, uh, we, I called an audible because I just felt impressed of the Lord to share a word of encouragement with you. Uh, as you know, uh, we decided to take uh, the rest of the year off. Uh, we won't be meeting again until Sunday, January First, which coincidentally happens to be our third anniversary as Converge Church. Uh, so we invite you to join us, not just to kick off the brand new year, 2023 in the house of the Lord, but also join us as we celebrate another milestone, another chapter in the incredible story that God is writing here at our church. Now, we will not be celebrating our third anniversary till later in the month on, I believe, the 22nd of January uh, because, uh, and again, I'm just giving you a quick update or, or a, a foretaste of what to expect in January. Uh, on January 2nd, we'll be kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. We'll seek the Lord uh, for his guidance, for his direction, uh, not just for our lives individually, but also for our church corporately. And on the 22nd, we'll not only be ending the fast together, but we'll be celebrating Vision Sunday and also our third anniversary. So make sure you save the date. Uh, the official third anniversary is January 1st. We'll celebrate on the 22nd as we culminate 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, make sure you, you stay connected with us on social media, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, TikTok. We're on all those platforms uh, so that you know exactly what to expect in the weeks to come as we kick off a brand new year of God's favor. But listen, we want to dive into the word. Uh, we won't be before you long. All right, promise we won't be before you long. We just want to share a few words of encouragement. Pastor Wendy, why don't you tell them what we'll be talking about today? Today, we wanted to just remind you of what is most important. Mm. And so our lesson will be taken from Luke, the 10th chapter, and we are going to find Jesus at the home of Mary and Martha uh, our lesson reminds me of a book that was written some years back, and it was entitled How to Have a Merry Heart mm. in a Martha World. And even though that book was written some years back, I think it is very relevant today, and Absolutely. it's one of those uh, concepts, one of those themes 
that in this information age, this technology age, uh, we're going to have to continue to revisit. We're going to have to continue to refocus. It's like you can have a top-of-the-line camera, and it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with the camera, but just in the mechanics of it, it will have to either be manually readjusted or automatically readjustment, refocus. Mm. And so that's what we wanted to do today is just give you a little bit of refocus as you are celebrating just a few little nuggets so that you can have a very merry, M-A-R-Y, Christmas. Amen. And listen, this is going to be the remix of that book. Not necessarily that the content we share today is uh, pulled from the book, but just the title. And so if we were to choose a title for today's message, it would be how to have a Merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y Christmas in a Martha world. And so last week we talked about what, uh, what it looked like for Mary uh, when Gabriel appeared to her and told her that she would be the mother of the Messiah. Uh, we took two principles from that message where we talked about these lessons, these life lessons, these life principles we could glean from Mary, the mother of Jesus, and her response uh, to the mandate, the assignment that God ha- had on her life. Uh, our anchor text isn't necessarily a Christmas text, but it helps us land on this big idea that we believe God wants us to communicate to you this Christmas season. And that is simply learning to slow down long enough to prioritize the things that matter most. This is one of the most demanding seasons uh, of the year. So many things vying for our attention, so many things vying for our affection. And I think what God wants us to do this Christmas is slow down long enough to reprioritize and to refocus. And to give some context to what we're about to share, let's look to the text together, which is lifted from Luke chapter number 10, verses 38 through 42. I'll be reading from the New King James translation. And the scripture picks up in verse number 38 with these words. Now it happened... As they went, that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, if you were to read John chapter 11, you'll discover that Jesus was really close friends with these three siblings, right? It was Martha, Mary, and their brother Lazarus. And uh, uh, as as you compare the two texts, you'll find that Jesus was no stranger to this family. In fact, many Bible scholars believe that Jesus would often come to Bethany and he would either spend the day with them or probably even lodge in their home. So in verse 39, we find uh, that uh, uh, Martha has a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. You're worried, you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. This text helps us understand how we can have a merry Christmas, a merry posture during Christmas in a Martha world. Pastor Wendy? What we don't want you to hear us saying is that there's anything wrong with being hospitable. Right, right. Hospitality is a godly principle, and we're going to look to the word. I looked it up um, on my phone. The scripture is taken from... First Peter, I want to take us to First Peter, the fourth chapter, verses eight and nine. 
and it says, and above all things, mm. have fervent love for one mm. another, for love will cover a multitude of sins and be hospitable Good. to one another without grumbling. Mm. And so hospitality is a huge deal for Jesus. We find it many times. That was when we did our study, that was a scripture I landed on. There was nothing wrong with what Martha was doing, but the scripture says that she was distracted. Mm. And when I did a word study of the word distracted, in the Greek, it says that the word distracted, and it had the Greek word that it, I cannot pronounce. It starts with a P. <laughs> but it said that word distracted means to be dragged in many directions. Wow. And so it, there was nothing wrong with Martha being hospitable. Mm. What was wrong was that her emotions mm. and her intentions mm. were, being were being dragged in many directions. Mm. Because she was distracted, mm. she was breaking the very basic rules of being a good host. Right. She was ba breaking basic rules of hospitality. Mm. Number one, she wasn't present. Mm. When Jesus came in and Mary sat down, Mary seized the opportunity. Yeah. Her posture in that culture for that day was reserved for men only. Right. The women weren't supposed to be able to sit down mm. and be taught. They were supposed to be in the kitchen. Mm. And so, number one, Martha is not present. And number two, she broke a rule of hospitality. Mm. She drug family business out in front of the company. <laughs> in front of the company, right? <laughs> and so, yeah. and it wasn't, nothing was wrong with Martha's heart, but mm. it was the distraction, the distraction that were carrying her away emotionally and caused her not to be her very best. Yeah, she's yeah. distracted, mm. um, probably about what people will think. Yeah, if things aren't prepared, mm. that distraction is causing her now to tattle mm. in front of company. But now I'm not wanting to get down on Martha about tattling. Yeah. I love the fact that she took her concern to the one that could do something about it. Mm. She didn't get on the phone and start calling the neighbors or her cousins right. and talking about her sister. She took her grievance to the Lord. Right. And I love the picture that the Lord paints for us. Mm. I think in my younger years, based off of my human interactions, mm. When I first read this scripture, I felt like the Lord rebuked Martha. Like your, your sister is doing the right thing and you need to come and do it. Now I've lived a lot longer and have grown to know God's love right. on a different level. I don't know everything, but now I see it not as a rebuke, mm. but as an invitation. So good. So He's good. saying, your sister, it's just one thing that's necessary. Mm. I feel like Jesus' response was freeing her up from the pressure right. that she probably put on herself, but mm. also was applied on her culturally. Right. And so I think um, that today, as we are all preparing meals, um, it's not just gender roles anymore. Men will be preparing meals, women, the teenagers will be in as sous chefs and all of that. But what Jesus was saying is not, not to be hospitable, right. but there is one thing that is more, most important. Yeah. That's your connection with me. Absolutely. And so I think out of everything that we say, that's where we want you to, we want to steer you back to yeah. is it's wonderful to have company. It's wonderful to do all those hospitals hospitable things yeah but if we aren't doing it out of love if we aren't doing it out of gratitude if we're mm -hmm. doing so much that we're so tired we can't eat yeah if we're doing so much that we're so busy we can't enjoy the company i don't think that that's where we're supposed to be it's not where god wants us to be yeah. and it doesn't make us our very best self it doesn't who wants to eat food that's thrown down at you. Right. You know, right. you didn't even help me in the kitchen here. Eat this. Right. And so uh, I learned some years ago when I was director at a preschool in, in Allen, Texas, 
the cook for the preschool, Miss Daya, she taught me. She said, never cook while you're angry. Oh, yeah. She said, oh, Mrs. Harmon, it'll make the food bitter. <laughs> and I hid that in my heart. That is not scripture. But when I am cooking, I will pray over the food. I make sure I am happy. If I have an attitude, we will go to Gloria's. But I don't cook while I'm angry because that is a distraction. Yeah. If you're angry or frustrated, you're most likely to forget an ingredient. Yeah. You may burn it. It doesn't taste quite right. So yeah. I'm going to throw it back to you. But I love to see that um, we can go to God with anything, even Absolutely. our complaints. And that his love for us is not to thump us and mm. say, you're not being good. Yeah. Be quiet. Sit down. It's like, no, come to me. Yeah. Even in our complaints, even in being disgruntled, Jesus has an open-armed invitation. Absolutely. And, and you're spot on because even as I read the text and I listen to you share, uh, there are a couple of things I see in the story, in this account. And first is that I see two postures, right? There's the posture of performance, mm -hmm. what we do for Jesus, being busy for Jesus. And then the se second posture is the posture that Mary assumed, which was the posture of his presence, right? And so, so we could become so busy. And this is not just busy with the demands of life and the distractions of life. We can also become busy in our service to the Lord, right? Sometimes yeah. that can happen. Mm -hmm. But what Jesus says to, to Martha is, well, he says a couple of things, right? And, 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 and I think one of the things that resonated with me is not just the fact that there are two postures, one that sought performance and the other that sought his presence. Jesus says something that is very, very telling. Because the, the text said that she was distracted by many things, and then it goes down a verse and it says, and Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried, here it is, and troubled about many things. What seemed on the outside mm -hmm. like hospitality, and that's true. Yeah. She was being hospitable. Yeah. She was doing what was necessary in that culture to be hospitable to a guest and to make that guest feel comfortable. But Jesus was also saying, at the root of all of your distractions is the fact that you have allowed yourself to be distracted from what's really eating at you and that is your worry, and that is the fact that you're troubled. And that's usually what we do, right? Yes. Uh, it's so much easier to throw ourselves into work. It's so much easier to throw ourselves into a project than to confront our fears, mm -hmm. the things that really are making us anxious, the things that really are making us afraid. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus was saying, hey, hey, pump the brakes now. Yes. I'm good. I appreciate your hospitality, but, hmm. Is your performance really a mask that's covering up your anxiety and your fear and your worries? Because if that's the case, Martha, what I really want you to do is I want you to experience my peace that can only come from my presence. And that's what your sister Mary has chosen. Notice the words of Jesus. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Only one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part. Here it is, which will not be taken away. Let me just read this to you quickly out of the Passion Translation. I'll turn it over to you, Pastor Wendy, and then we will wrap this up because I know you got to get to Christmas dinner. You got to get to all your basketball games. There's back-to-back -back games all day long. But check this out. In the Passion Translation, uh, the, the text reads, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, to, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha. I like to think of Martha as the worker. Mm -hmm. I like to think of Mary as the worshiper. Mm -hmm. I like to think of their brother Lazarus as the witness. Mm -hmm. uh, because in John 11, Lazarus would have this incredible distinction of witnessing to the resurrection power of Jesus. Yeah. So under this one roof, Jesus has these friends 
three siblings. One is a worker. Mm -hmm. She's a servant leader given to hospitality. One is a worshiper who finds peace and restoration at the feet of Jesus. And the third is a witness. His name is Lazarus. So the scripture says her name was Martha and she had a sister named Mary. Mary, here it is in the Passion Translation, Mary sat down attentively before the master absorbing every revelation he shared. Wow. This was not just a casual conversation. Jesus was pouring into this woman and he was revealing some things, I'm sure, about himself, but there were things he was also revealing to Mary about herself. That couldn't happen any other way. So while Martha is busy and distracted, while she's troubled, worried, and anxious, Mary, the worshiper, is at the feet of Jesus, and she is absorbing every revelation that he shared. Now, here's the backstory. Uh, in the Passion Translation, it says she's named Mary, but in the original Greek, it says she is called Mary. There's a difference between being named something to be given a name like Ray Harmon, Wilmot Harmon, Mm -hmm. and being called Ray. There's a difference between having a name that you were given Mm -hmm. and what people call you. The thing about being called Mary is that that name Mary actually comes from a Hebrew word that means bitter. What if the thing that pushed Mary to the master's feet was what people had called her? And maybe it was because people had called her bitter because of what she had experienced in her life that forced her to the feet of Jesus because she was desperate and hungry for transformation. And Jesus said, your sister, Even though you're doing the right thing, Martha, to make sure my needs are met. But listen, you're so distracted. You're so distracted by what you can do for me that you have lost sight of what I want to do in you. Mm. Jesus, this Christmas, wants each of us to have a merry Christmas, M-A-R-Y in a Martha world that is distracting, that is demanding, and he wants us to find a place at his feet where we can absorb the revelation he shares. Here it is. He says, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away, Pastor Wendy said, dragged away? by all these many distractions. Mary has discovered the one thing most important by sitting at my feet. She is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. Wow. That is good. While you were going over the scripture, you went to the Passion Translation, Mm -hmm. but in our studies, I actually pulled up uh, the, the passage from the message translation. Amen. And while you were speaking, I thought, oh my goodness, this is not just a lesson for right now, but distraction can be very detrimental. While you were reading, this is what I came across, but I'm reading from the message translation. It says, as they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. Mm. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Mm. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Mm. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. Mm. What I noticed as you were speaking, when Martha speaks, and especially from the message translation, don't you care? We could just stop right there. Yeah. The distraction mm. looks like it was causing Martha to question Come on. 
Jesus's love and concern for her. Wow. Her question is, don't you care that my sister has abandoned me? Mm. But I, being a woman, I can see where she's like, do you see me? Yeah, yeah. Jesus, do you see me trying to do all this good for you? Right. Do you see me serving my coworkers? Do you see me being a good mom or wife mm. or a good single? Yeah. Do you see me letting people just do whatever and I'm doing the right thing? Mm. Jesus, do you see me? So being dragged away emotionally mm -hmm. was not just causing her not to do the right thing, but it caused her to question, yeah. do, you, do you see me? He, she's saying, do you see my sister? Yeah. But I feel like she's saying, do you see me? Do you see all that I'm trying to do for you? Yeah. And Jesus so lovingly just brings her mm -hmm. back to that invitation. Mm -hmm. Come and sit. Come and sit. With you know, me. one of my favorite scriptures, and if you've been around with us, you hear me say it at least 10 times a year. Zephaniah 317. Mm. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst. Yeah. That's what they were experiencing in the flesh. Yeah. Mighty to save. Mighty to save. Mighty to deliver. Mm. He rejoices mm. over us with singing. Mm. He quiets us with his love. Yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of that verse. Yes. The fact that he will quiet us with his love. Yes. He'll soothe us. Yes. With his love. That's, say that again. He'll soothe us mm -hmm. with his love. You know, it's almost like a, and I, and I saw this with you and our kids, where, when, when they, they were upset mm -hmm. uh, and we didn't know why when they were really young. Sometimes all it took was to get them out of that crib, mm -hmm. hold them in your arms and just rock them. And in that rocking, it, it would soothe them. That's what God does. He soothes us with his love when we're distracted by many things. He says, come and sit at my feet. Yes. And it, it, it helps answer that question. Lord, do you care? Do you see me? Yes. In his presence, he assures us. Yes. Right? Of yes. his great love. Of his great. It's so and powerful. And I love, it's such a picture. Notice that Martha did not have it all together. Right. And she still had the courage and boldness to approach him. Right. So don't Good. think that you've got to have the best attitude or, you know, you should have been coming to church months ago or whatever. Excuse me. I think I've got a little fourth grade cooties. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, baby. This Christmas break, I'm fine. Excuse me. But you don't have to have it all together. Just come as you are. This is a beautiful picture. We think that that's just a churchy term. Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful picture of just coming as you are. It says all those that are weary and heavy laden. Yeah. What's the rest of the scripture? I come lost to me, it. All you have Weary and heavy, heavy laden. laden. And, and I, will, I give will give you rest. So yeah. many times Christ is inviting us, just come. Yeah. If you're weary, you can still come. If you're feeling um, emotions of depression, mm. I'm not calling you depressed, but to be downcast, Jesus is saying, come. Yeah. And we have an assurance that mm. our circumstance may not change. Yeah. But we do have an assurance that our awareness of God's love for us, it does change when we come. And so, so as we started this lesson, I just thought that Martha was just distracted and fussing. Yeah. I think if I could identify most with any of the characters in this lesson, it would be Martha. Martha. Yeah. And it would be that um, I used to be able to just just pull out my own emotional violin yeah, and yeah. play a sad, sad song about myself. Oh, I'm mm. cooking and I'm cleaning and I'm working and don't you see all that I'm doing? And nobody even really cares about that list. Nobody cares. So many years, we've been married 22 years now, even in our dating life, uh, trying to do things and to, to cook. Remember the Oma gave me that jollof rice recipe right. over the phone, our first Christmas together, yeah. when I gave you the watch that you didn't want. But <laughs> you let me, I still have the leather jacket that you brought me. So anyway, doing all of that, and one thing I can say about you mm. is 
for 25 years, you have always given me an invitation to rest. You're saying, oh, baby, you don't have to do that. Sit down. Don't cook tonight. We'll have to do this. And now I'm just reminded, and not to highlight you, but God's love for me. Someone prophesied over me Mm -hmm. just before we got married that I would come to know the love of a father through my relationship with Mm -hmm. you. And I think being connected to you, yes, I have seen you love our children well, but in this moment, I'm reminded that being connected to you mm. is showing me the love of our Father. Mm. Amen. Oh, so I'm so grateful this Christmas wow. morning. I'm so grateful that wow. in all of the Martha that I, can, I have been and continue to work not to be mm. is that I am accepted yeah. by the Father yeah. and that I'm not rebuked in the things that I'm doing or those self-righteous stances that we can take. But I actually have, we actually have an invitation. Huge. Just put the spoon down. Yeah. Just, just take a rest. What does that look like to, to just connect with God? You know what? That might be five minutes on the Bible app. Mm. It may just be going back to John 316 for God so loved the world. That's me. Mm. It may be listening to a worship song. I testified a couple weeks ago about a coworker of mine who uh, listened to her Bible study teacher teach something and reminded her of a song. She played the song and the power of God met her in her car and she hadn't experienced that. She said, I was crying and everything. Yeah. And so that's what it looks like. It doesn't mean you just have to sit down and take out your Bible, though that is good. It means that instead of making that extra macaroni and cheese or instead of making uh, the extra sweet potato pie, you know what? You might get a good apple pie from Costco. Come on. With some vanilla ice cream. Slice up that store-bought pie. Heat it up a little bit. Scoop up the ice cream. Put some whipped cream on the top. But guess what? And just sit down and watch a movie. Yeah. And that is connecting. And even though you're connecting with your family, I think you can still in that moment connect with the love of God. Mm -hmm. Connect with you taught last week about gratitude. Mm -hmm. That if you can't be generous, just be grateful. And in that moment, just having a picture of yourself, not neglecting what needs to be done, but connecting with the power source. That's good to give you the strength to do all that needs to be done. Very, very well said. You can drop the mic right there. And I think this is where we're going to close. How do you have a Merry Christmas in a Martha world? Uh, You exchange performance for the presence of God. And it's one of the toughest things to do. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus said it this way. He said, the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Meaning, when God created humanity, when he created the heavens and the earth, he built this idea of work-life balance into how we should live, into the rhythms of life. And he said, the reason I'm creating Sabbath, work-life balance, where he works six days and rest of the seventh, is I am creating that for man. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And then he says, I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. What does that mean? God, God was simply saying, I have commanded you to rest. And when I command you to rest on the Sabbath, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Meaning, when you rest, I work. And so God wants us to live in that place where we're not feeling like we have to strive and we have to perform, but we build rest in. And here's why we build rest in to our, our rhythm, the rhythm of how we live. Rest is an act of faith. Yes. Number two, uh, when we don't rest, when we're overworked, we don't have clarity. Rest brings clarity where we can make better decisions. A lot of times when we're tired, when we're overwhelmed, when we're overworked, we make poor decisions that are based on desperation. They're based on, uh, 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 like Martha, uh, emotions. Yeah. Like Martha said, "Don't you care?" And we start to think these this way when we're not rested. Rest 
recover, and reflect. And when you do those three things, you will experience a merry Christmas in a Martha world. Final thing I'm going to say. But I, I want to jump in right quick because mm-hmm. I don't want our lesson to be used against us. Okay. okay. In resting, that... In resting, that means that uh, in the busyness of this life, Mm. the rest that we're talking about is having a confidence, God, you've got me. Absolutely. I don't have to do everything. We are not saying, and I don't say this um, as a personal plug or benefit. If you know me, you know that I'm not that type of person. Rest does not mean, okay, on Sunday, I'm not going to go and serve. There (laughs) are seasons where you will take a vacation. Rest doesn't mean that the first thing that comes off of your list is service to God. And I'm not saying this for Converge Church. I'm talking about as worshipers Mm. universally is that in all of our choices in our culture, now church has become service unto the Lord has become more and more optional. Right. But the need is becoming greater and greater. Mm-hmm. We partnered with above all things ministry outreaches uh, outreach last weekend. There were just under 500 families that had signed up to get toys for toys for tots right here in the city of McKinney, 497 families, I believe it was, signed up. Well, if people decide, oh, I'm just going to take a rest, where are the, the volunteers, the servant right. leaders right. to put those toys together for the children right. to, to hand them out? And so there is a time if I'm thinking about rest, guess what? I can put down my phone and not watch as much TikTok as I want to watch. Mm. Um, or a Hallmark movie, or just busying myself doing things, looking online mm. for the good sales. There are, <laughs> there are things where we can get rest and find margin where right. we're still connecting in community mm. with one another and we're still connecting with Christ. So Absolutely. I just didn't want somebody to call us on January 1st. Uh, Pastor Ray, you said get rest. I'm not, I'm right. not coming back. That's not what we mean. <laughs> We mean resting in the Lord, amen, uh, and not uh, not being distracted, distracted uh, by everything that life throws at us. Verse forty-one in the message paraphrase says, "The Master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and won't be taken from her." Final verse, Psalm 46 and verse 10, familiar passage. The psalmist writes, and God is speaking to the psalmist, uh, speaking to and through the psalmist, and this is what he says. Easier said than done, y'all. I want to leave this with y'all because if you go have a Merry Christmas in a Martha world, here's what the psalmist, God said to the psalmist, and through the psalmist, be still. Hey! Mm. Be still. Just stop. Just stop your fretting. Just stop your. Just be still. Hey, that's what. In fact, I'm saying this, and I, I'm already sensing how hard it is for God to say to you, "Be still." God, don't you know all the things I got to do? Be still. Don't you know all the things I have to be taken care of? Be still. Lord, do you care? Lord, do you care about me? About me. Be still. Whew. Just even me sitting there still for a second is like, I, I want to get up and do, I want to get up. But he says, be still. And the next thing he said is, and know. Just be still long enough to know. Here it is. Meaning, meaning just be still long enough to, to let it sink in. Uh, for it to become revelation and reality to you that I am God that I'm bigger than anything you're facing I'm bigger than any challenge challenge that that you're confronted with be still long enough to get this picture inside of you be still and know that I am God and this is what he said I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth you know what that means He says, 
I'm going to get the glory. I will get the glory for this. I will get the glory out of this. It may not look like it right now, but if you will simply be still with everything that's going on, be still long enough to know that I am God. I will work this thing together for your good and for my glory. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And here it is. I will be exalted in your life. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we honor you and we thank you, God, that you loved us enough to remind us of how important it is to sit at your feet. And Lord, just as you poured out revelation that Mary absorbed for herself, God, there are things that you want us to know that we will only discover, we will only hear at your feet. Not while we're busy, not while we're uh, distracted, not while life is placing demands on us, and those things are very real. God, you've called us to be responsible, not irresponsible, that's not what we're saying. Just as Pastor Wendy said, you're calling us, you're inviting us to find rest in you. To be still and quietly know that you are God. God over the storm. God over the tempest. God over the, the, the struggle. You're God and you reign over every situation, over every circumstance, and even over my life. And God, you will be exalted among the nations. You will be exalted in the earth. And God, I know for sure you will be exalted in my life. And Lord, I pray this now for everyone under the sound of our voice, everyone watching this message, live or on demand. Lord, I pray that each one this year would find a Merry Christmas in the midst of a Martha world. We trust you to do that now. You are the Prince of Peace. We ask it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Listen, God bless you. Thank you so much for letting us join, uh, for joining us while your mac and cheese was cooking. Come on, while that turkey was getting brown, and I'd like to say a big, big God bless you, man, to a couple of Marthas in the house. Martha's in all the right ways. Don Isom is in the house. Uh, our front of house engineer, man, we love you. We appreciate your family, Natasha, Leah, and uh, Kaylin, and then also Jewel Georges is in the house, behind the scenes, making things happen. We love you, we appreciate you, and your beautiful daughters. Ashley and Alicia. Thank you guys for making this happen. And also to our collab tonight or this morning between or with Converge Worship and the Bethany's. God bless you. We'll see you and here don't again. our son, Patrick. Yes, he Patrick. Been, he just opens the buildings, finds our cell phones, yeah. makes sure the heat is on, the air conditioning is on, the doors are unlocked. So thank you so much, Pat and T. Yeah. I appreciate you guys big time. Listen, God bless you, Converge Nation. We'll see you here live and in person on January 1st as we celebrate all that God is doing and will do in 2023 and beyond. God bless you. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurch@weareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.